Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to another segment of the PI Window on the World. As always, I'm your host, John Hansen. Yeah, I know, Morty, you love, my producer loves the new theme music. For years, we started on the air, as some of you know, in March 2009, and uh, uh, the original theme was an American at heart. Uh, but by comparison to this one, it, it was a little bit sedate. So Morty likes it because he says it gets him going in the morning better than a cup of coffee. I don't know about that, but it is a nice tune. Anyway, I'm glad you're joining us today because we're going to be, this is the first in an installment of series titled uh, the Risking It All series, in which we talk about risk management in our profession. And, you know, that includes supplier screening, supply chain risk, and being able to assess it. And I'm glad uh, there's a gentleman who's going to be joining me today from Credit Risk Monitor, CEO Jerry Flum, and we're going to kick off this series with what I know will be an, uh, an energized and informative discussion. I already talked with Jerry. I've been in the virtual green room, and I've got to tell you, uh, I'm energized. But before we get to Jerry, a couple of housekeeping chores or tips, I guess, we have to look after. Number one, we're coming at you over the virtual airwaves of the Blog Talk Radio Network through our studios in New York City. Now, that's great if you're joining us now and you're able to tune in. But if not, I want to remind you that this entire broadcast is being recorded on an on-demand basis, which means, listeners, that you can tune in at your convenience. That's just one of the many, many great features of Internet radio, in particular, blog talk radio now without further delay let's let's get to our guest today jerry flum jerry welcome to the show glad to have you i'm glad to be here john i'm looking forward to this conversation well yeah you know what and and maybe if you could just give me a a a a 30 second quick synopsis overview who is credit risk monitor what do you guys do Credit Risk Monitor is a, a corporation that analyzes risk uh, at corporations around the world. We've probably 70,000 public companies and probably another two or three million private companies. And we analyze it uh, and we do that for credit managers and purchasing managers. In other words, people who are selling to other corporations want to make sure they're going to get paid and get paid in a timely manner. And number two, people purchasing from these corporations want to make sure that this corporation is financially sound and not getting into trouble, because obviously as corporations get into trouble, they have to make steps, uh, which probably are the antithesis of what a supplier should be doing. In other words, they'll cut costs on maybe R&D, they'll cut costs on quality control. And it's not because they're bad, it's just because you have to make those steps if you're getting into trouble. So we monitor all over the world these kind of corporations, and 
we probably have, uh, I don't know, 40% of the Fortune 1000 and probably another 1,000 large corporations around the world who use us to monitor this. Uh, and I think it's very appropriate today to be doing that. Well, you know what's interesting? And one of the things, and because the majority of my listeners are C-suite and they're on the procurement side of the equation, they're, they're more focused on the supplier side. Something you just yep. said to me, and, and it came to mind, is I remember building up my company and uh, dealing with large corporations, both Canada and the U.S. And there was a company called Euler Erms. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're yep. big insurance Absolutely. They're, and, they're a client. Okay. Well, here's an interesting thing. So my CFO, Visual and his always, we were rapidly expanding into the U.S. We were, we were Canadian-based. And he said, look, you've got to get Euler Erms to insure your receivables. It's exciting to get all this revenue coming in, but it really isn't money until the, the funds are collected, mm. until you're paid for what you've provided or delivered. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that's a great idea. And then I said, well, you know what? I've been dealing with this company for seven years, one of Canada's largest PC integrators. Why don't we just put them on uh, under the program, under the coverage? You know, I'm sure there's going to be no hassle with that, but let's get them on board. The surprise came about a week and a half later when the new clients were picked up, no problem, receivables uh, covered. But this company that I dealt with for seven years, who I did millions and millions of dollars of business with every year, uh, they were rejected. And Euler Erm said, they're going to go under in 18 months. And so they were into me for about a quarter of a million dollars, and it was a hard decision. But I stopped shipping to them uh, and collected that $250,000. And sure enough, 18 months, give or take a month, they were gone. And this was a large organization. Yep. So, you know, one of the things, and we'll probably talk about this at a future show, is when we think about risk management, that is really, isn't it, uh, isn't it, Jerry, a two-way door, isn't it? It swings both ways. Yes. It's not just scanning and, and screening suppliers. You also have to scan and screen your, your clients if you're a supplier. Well, I, it, that's a great uh, positioning to place, John, because uh, it, to, uh, in our business, I would say probably between 25 to 30 or 35% of our business now is coming from purchasing and supply-side managers in corporations uh, as opposed to just credit managers. So it reflects what you're saying is reflected in our business, and I would say right now purchasing is probably the quickest growth part of our business, and we deal uh, with mainly public companies. In other words, we're analyzing public companies. That's our specialty, and our customer base are, for the most part, medium-sized to large companies. And uh, there is a, a tendency to relax when you're looking at a large company, especially even one that's public, and you just feel like, hey, man, they got to be safe, or they got to not be going through difficulty, and it's precisely that uh, it, issue that you're looking the wrong way, and you get really hurt or you run into difficulty. I absolutely agree with your point of view. I think it's well taken. Now, here's an interesting point because you talk about procurement. I was speaking at a conference last week. And, again, procurement professionals out there. And, and, and one of the things that was very surprising is, and this goes back to our green room conversation where I referred to an Aberdeen study in 2007 yep. where CFOs acknowledge there's a huge risk, but most of them also acknowledge that they're not taking enough measures to, to address that risk. When, when I signed this procurement audience, uh, they were saying, uh, you know, yeah, there's risk, there's problems, whatever. And then we asked the question, who owns that risk? Who's responsible? And the silence was deafening in the room because yeah. no one really knew who should take responsibility. Someone suggested, well, it's a legal part department problem because it's legal. 
And the, the general consensus is, well, wait a second, with the procurement world, uh, actually, you're the buck stops here, people. If something goes wrong, you're the ones who are going to be uh, on, the, on, on, the, on the wrong end of the point. I mean, does that surprise yeah, you, yeah. first of all, that the, a lot of procurement yes. people don't think it's their responsibility, yet they're the ones who are going to bear the, the burden of, of whatever goes wrong? No, I think it's a great point. Uh, you know, where does the uh, where does the responsibility lie? And, and the credit function and the purchasing function are, are really very different. A credit manager is looking at customers, and the procurement guy is looking at suppliers, obviously. So they're looking at different companies. And so, uh, in many companies, many of our subscribers uh, around the world, we have duality. In other words, the credit function is handled by a credit manager; they get our service, and then the procurement guy also gets our service, and they're looking at very different companies. Then we get down to, and you're raising a really great question here, who is going to actually look at this service and make that final decision? And it's somewhat split. A great deal of the procurement professionals not having on their staff financial people defer, in some cases, to credit manager. And I think it's you know a wonderful way to solve the problem, but I think it's a a lot better and more direct if the purchasing department uh, would also uh, look at this uh, this analysis. And, and we uh, go out of our way, and this sounds too self-serving, but we go out of our way and do all the analysis on our service so that that credit and purchasing manager has at their fingertips all the data, and we have fabulous scores. Our first score is 96% effective. So we're trying now to move that duality to the respective group who have to make those decisions because they're very different. Uh, you can get a lot more information uh, from a supplier than you can from a customer, obviously, uh, because the supplier has an economic need to supply it a little more than a customer who can, if he so chooses, can go to another uh, person or another corporation selling. So uh, I agree totally. I think that the trend we're seeing now, and this is our corporation, we're seeing more and more supply uh, procurement people taking that responsibility and uh, and taking a, a password into our service. So the trend is moving more and more to procurement, if that that helps, because you're, you're raising a great question. You know, where does uh, who, well, now, who makes the decision? Well, that and runs with it, and and that's the key now. Because let's face it, you can provide all the greatest information. Uh, and and yep. the warning sign and the and everything you need. But if there's someone that isn't there receiving it, assimilating into the organization, and then saying, "I have the authority to take action with it," I, I mean that that's got to be a certain degree of frustration. Let me let me ask you a question from your organizational yes. standpoint. Beyond mm -hmm. providing that information, do you provide the and I don't know if I want to use the word consultative approach, where you say, "Look, once you have our information, our job doesn't end there." we're going to help you to understand how to use that information and who within your organization has to take responsibility for that. I mean, do you extend beyond that point? We actually don't do that. And I'll tell you the reason why we don't. We have found uh, that we provide an incredible amount of financial analysis, and we do all of it for whether it be a credit manager or a purchasing manager. In other words, we take every single financial statement in that company and break it apart and do all the analysis. Then we have very, very effective scores, frisk scores. And what we found is that for the most part, um, the ability of individuals compared to an ability 
ability to use wonderful scores. Uh, the scores over the over short and long runs do much much better than individuals. However. Because these are very difficult decisions, we supply all the backup and analytical stuff so that a company can then take it and decide it. In other words, um, we we believe that our function is to highlight and prioritize where a company should be spending time, what companies are in trouble that they're either selling to or buying from. And then all the analysis is done, and then there are individual decisions at these companies. You know, this may be a very good uh, supplier or a very good customer. It may well be that as a supplier, you might want to purchase that company if it's in trouble because it's a very valued supplier and has a critical part. There are so many um, processes that get involved that we feel that the key thing is to make uh, the most up to the minute, and our services, uh, our stuff is running 24-7. Our computers are pulling in this data and sending out directly, force feeding out uh, to a a supply manager or a credit manager, all the up-to-date minute uh, information that's critical to that decision. Um, I think that part of the uh, problem is if you just um, uh, rely on subjective evaluations, over time there's too many things that get involved uh, and uh, force decisions that statistically don't uh, work as well as those driven uh, by uh, metrics that are uh, that have great deal of either uh, financial data behind it and the other thing that we do at our service which I think is absolutely critical we're crowdsourcing credit managers and purchasing managers and we have a, a we have a very large customer base and lots of people who are in these critical industries. And because we have a database, which is uh, something they've been looking at over the last 10 or 15 years, we can see as these people get uh, upset about a company, uh, that gets registered in our Frisk score. Our Frisk score looks at financial uh, risks. It looks at stock market risk. In other words, if you're looking at a public company, uh, I'm John, I'm just telling you that as an ex-hedge fund manager, the public stock market price has a lot of data into it. Anybody not using that and looking at a public company, I think, is making a huge mistake. Our uh, score also includes, when it's when it's there, uh, Moody's S&P and Fitch data gets into gets uh, inputted into it, and then it's crowdsourcing and all the financial analysis. All of that being pulled together uh, creates a holistic image of really what's going on, and I think it's um, I think people should really use it. Now, obviously, it gets down to John. It gets down to uh, can we save you a lot of time, and are we not expensive? Because obviously, if it's brutally expensive, you know, it's not a good mathematical equation to to use us. And so uh, we have something where the utility versus the price is something that we look at. But look, I don't want to talk so much about our service. What uh, you're okay, raising, but, I but, think. But okay, go ahead. But here's an interesting thing. Is that was where I was looking at the at at, at the question. I mean, it's almost like uh, a doctor writing the right prescription, but it's up to yep. the patient to take the medicine and, and do it properly. So mm -hmm, let me mm -hmm. let me lead into this next question because you know. Uh, there's a study that came up that said, well, 80% of companies will do a background check on their employees. Just 20% will screen their suppliers. 
Now, that's, yeah. So my, my, my question prior to this, of course, was saying is, well, you could provide all of the great information, and we'll drill down in, in, into the source of your information shortly, but you could provide all that great information. But if only 20% of the companies are, 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 are actually doing supplier screening uh, to varying degrees, what about that 80%? Like, like I, I'm sure that that's great from a business standpoint to say, well, the market is, 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 is the, the potential in the market and the opportunity in the market is so huge. But how do you bridge that 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 uh, disconnect, that 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 gap between those who are doing it and those who should be doing it? You know, it, look, another great question. I'm not sure that we as a company uh, have an ability to influence. Uh, 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 corporations around the world to follow good process. Um, I, it would be an overstatement for me to say that we are effective in that. What we do is we are our, our risk score will predict uh, uh, a difficulty at a company with 96% uh, certitude, and uh, we will predict whether that company is going to go bankrupt in the next year. And we have tons and tons of data and white papers on our site that people should look at. And we go around and we talk to uh, supply side or procurement managers. We talk at uh, some conferences. Uh, we, we have not done uh, much uh, marketing or advertising um, because we've basically been more and more word of mouth. And maybe that's a real mistake. Um, people could come back to us and say, hey, you know, do you have some more of a responsibility to get the word out? And I think we probably do. Uh, um, but, you know, we're a company with, um, like every other company, we have limited resources of uh, what we can do. But, look, the word of mouth on our service uh, is such that I see that the quickest growing part of our business now is at the procurement and supply. So you're raising uh, a very uh, systemic problem within uh, most corporations in many areas of their work besides just procurement. And I do believe that what we're seeing now with the advent of the Internet, and the ability to get really spectacular information um, formatted for you so that you can make decisions is beginning to really impact, uh, I think, that um, our crowdsourcing of these people on what they're actually doing. Uh, because public companies are restricted under fair disclosure on what they can say to people. Uh, so there's very little information going out to the investment or financial community. Uh, but in the credit function, the government is given an exemption for credit managers. So these, uh, this group of people in credit have access to these companies and can talk to them without those exclusions of fair disclosure. And, and when they look at our service, we can see where they're coming onto our service and what part of our service they're using so that you begin to get this really interesting group of people who have really dynamic information on what's going on and it gets reflected in our frisk score and that's part why it's so great my point is i think that that um, concept of uh, analyzing companies now uh, is now starting to spread much more than it was 20 years ago. We started our business 20 years ago. John, when I uh, we started 20 years ago, we'd be talking to we, we talk a lot to larger companies um, because uh, we we handle big companies uh, a lot, and m many of them didn't even have internet access. I know this sounds weird, uh, but you know what's happened in the last uh, 20 or 15 years. Uh, I mean, we sell all over the world now, um, um, and we deliver everything by Internet. We sell by the Internet. Uh, so I, I think the problem is self-correcting. It'll never, ever be perfect, 
uh, but it's getting better. Um, at least that's how we see it. And again, I think that the purchasing community is so much more aware now of, the, of how important financial uh, well-being of a supplier is, uh, something before they were looking at environmental risk or labor risk or, uh, uh, you know, the well, risks. Wait, wait, can, I, can I interrupt is, there? Sure to interrupt oh, here. Sure, go for it. Here's an interesting yep. thought, because you talk about the awareness of supplier risk, uh, and, and mm -hmm. because of that, uh, it would make uh, organizations more vigilant. And, and I'll get into another uh, part of a question with regards to a Hackett Group paper about Chris Sawchuk talking about risk management software, yes. its emergence on facilitating greater supplier screening. Uh, but one of the things that, it, that, that I find almost being contradictory is that a report came out about three weeks ago that said that uh, organizations are actually taking longer to pay their suppliers. And, you know, there was the, yep. the, 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 the pay initiatives from the Obama administration, studies, yep, yep. countless studies, saying the longest you, longer you do, those companies or organizations who have suppliers who are not as satisfied with them, and a, and a lot of contention is the slow payment uh, and, and the, the restriction of cash flow, tend not to produce the best quality products at, at, at the most competitive prices. Uh, this was an automotive study a few years ago. So it, yep. yet there's a contradiction. It's supplier screening is something that you want to be able to protect and, and ensure the integrity of your supply base. Yet on the other side, when it comes to paying suppliers quickly to stimulate that, that, that positive supplier-buyer experience, Companies seem to be going in the opposite direction. I mean, is this contradiction? Uh, uh, yes, it is. No a, doubt about it. Current problem. John, you're you're on, you're uh, you're laying out a real, you know, very serious problem. If in fact you're not treating your suppliers uh, in a way that encourages them uh, to be well run and to be good suppliers, uh, then you're basically in some way working against your best interest. On the other side of the coin, as you know, in procurement and supply, uh, you're involved in picking good suppliers, uh, and then there's another part of your company uh, which is dealing with paying them, you know, the payable department or the credit departments, and they're not necessarily intertwined all the time and have a commonality of interest. Uh, you're absolutely right, and I think the survey is correct. I do think, however, that we are seeing uh, in areas where we have very low interest rates uh, that corporations, uh, the, the normal driver of late payment is that the adequacy of your own capital, if you're not getting a great return on your own capital uh, with interest rates artificially low, uh, there's a tendency uh, to be a little easier on uh, extending credit. Uh, on the other hand, if interest rates were to go up and therefore uh, the cost of capital would go up, um, John, your reason, uh, you know, expect the accounts payable department of your company to sometimes uh, be doing something which is uh, antithetical to what you want to do as a procurement chief. You, you know, uh, all of us in corporations, we all work and we all are part of a large entity and uh, the entity has various different managers with different goals and different compensation and incentive plans. And they're not always uh, all pointed in the same direction. And sometimes there's very good reasons for it. I, look, I don't want to say like, oh, crap, that's really awful. Uh, you know, sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. I have found, and what's really very interesting with our our base of business, the guys in the credit and supply side of our business now, are 
learning how to incentivize the behavior that they want. In other words, if I'm credit manager and I see a company is getting more and more in trouble, what I can do to protect my own company is instead of sending something 210 net 30, I might sell them something at 210 net 15 so that I get paid quicker. I start to restrict uh, my, my exposure. On the other side of the coin, a supply a uh, person can look at corporation, a supplier uh, that's getting in trouble, and, and we have part of our service uh, is, is it shows every other competitor to that supplier and their financial well-being. So if I'm a supply guy, I can now take a look and say, look, this company is running into trouble. I need to get ahead of the curve and start looking at these other companies as suppliers and or so, – so, so, Sorry to interrupt, but – You'll go for sorry it. Sorry to interrupt, but what you're doing – is what you're saying is is that some people may hit a state of inertia because of familiarity and comfort yep, of yep. saying the cost of switching suppliers is going to be far too difficult. But what you're saying is is by providing the the expanded industry view, if somebody yep. does have to move from one supplier to the next, you at least reduce that or compress that time uh, of, of of screening yes. so that it does give them the option to jump sooner rather than holding well, on too yeah, long and maybe Absolutely. Into the it's a time I mean, function. That a that's a fair assessment, and I'll tell you what else is happening, which is uh, even the next level up. On, on We're seeing uh, supply people uh, being able to negotiate uh, uh, with a supplier who may or may not be having difficulty, uh, whether in fact they can get earlier delivery or they're willing uh, to pay a little quicker for a better price or they're willing to work with that supplier because they know the supplier is having difficulty and they can have a conversation with them. In other words, they're, they're not blindsided now and then they get more and more creative. After all, these guys are smart business guys. You know, procurement guys, uh, you know, they're, these are business guys. They're not just procurement guys. They're trying to figure out how do I make this work for my company. And by having this information early, we're seeing very sophisticated responses, uh, much more than obviously if they didn't have the data in early enough to react to it. And so – okay. Um, I I, I'm sorry to interrupt. We're running into the last four minutes. I mean, great conversations, time flies, right? So let me, yes, let me go yes. quickly this thing with, with the Hackett paper and Chris Sawchuk, because you mentioned with the mm -hmm. advent of the Internet, that has facilitated uh, yes. potentially at least greater adoption. In the Hackett paper, they talk about the fact that there are software, risk management software tools, and while they are still immature when it comes to what, what, what Hackett called an integrated view of risk, uh, and that there's a lot of room for growth. I mean, do software applications, do the advent of these risk uh, management software solutions or platforms, are they also another key in facilitating not only greater awareness but greater movement towards taking action? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. If you can integrate a process uh, so that it has multiplicity of what it's looking at, you're, you're better off. What we have found, however, is that certain risk functions require real specialty. In other words, uh, what we have found, the analysis of financial risk at a supplier is a very sophisticated issue. And we 
concentrate on that. We're, I believe, we're the best risk looker at public companies all over the world. And so we have very, very in-depth and very proactive uh, analysis that goes out. And so, uh, yes, you might combine it, but if you were to mutate uh, because you needed to get consensus with three or four other approaches, you, you run the risk of, of a mutation or you run the risk of of curtailing the amount of advance warning that you get. That's the only negative. Look, I can tell you that 70 to 80% of our subscriber base uh, use our data and interact it into other platforms and uh, and use it as a commingled uh, thing. Uh, but I, I do believe that financial risk has huge implications because it's something that you can see in advance where an environmental risk or a climate risk or, you know, an earthquake usually has, uh, or even labor difficulty, has less advanced warning. Financial risk, when we analyze it, we can see it coming. So they get a, a real a good lead time uh, to uh, modify behavior uh, on themselves and on their suppliers. So I don't know if I'm answering the question for you, John, and yeah. I apologize you know, it, if it's I'm leading not. Me into, it's reading, leading me into the end, and Morty, my, my producer, is pulling out his hair as usual. Oh. We're going to run a little <laughs> bit over time, listeners, because you know, there's a couple of final points we want to get in here. So, uh, Morty, uh, don't drink so much caffeine. We'll be okay. Uh, anyway, now, you know what? When you talk about supply chain platforms, uh, and let's look at yes, organization, sir. like uh, uh, authoritative source. Are you considered an authoritative source, credit risk model? monitor uh, along the lines of a Dun & Bradstreet? Well, we compete or, with Dun & Bradstreet. Yep. Okay, so you'd be well, known well, as an authoritative source, I guess. Is that a fair description? Yes, we we look. Uh, all I can tell you is forty uh, percent of the Fortune one thousand, or just a shade under it, and another thousand plus large corporations all over the world use us. So it's not so much what I think. Uh, these guys see everything there is in the world on uh, on credit risk and financial risk at, at these companies. And um, as you know, you probably never heard of us until this uh, conversation that we're having today. It's, we're not uh, out there, you know, pounding the uh, the TV and uh, radio audiences. Uh, we we get there because it's word of mouth and people at, uh, take a look at our product and we demo it. Uh, so uh, I think that what happens is the marketplace speaks for itself, so to speak, as opposed to me saying, it, uh, you know, because I'm the CEO, so obviously I have a prejudice. I'm going to think we're great, uh, but it's not me anymore. It's now, you know, it, we have thousands and thousands of the most sophisticated users in the world now. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to defer to them. And that's at the corporate level. You're dealing directly with the corporations. Yeah, absolutely, at the okay, corporate level. One more. You're, you're going a little over with us. So at the end of the day. Taking into account, yes. and I guess the best way to wrap it up is uh, while there's still just 20% of the companies who screen their suppliers with the advent of the Internet, with the advent of, of uh, risk management software platforms and tools, and with growing awareness as to uh, you know the, not just the quality of the information that's available, uh, but also the fact that that information is, is available that you can take action on, although it is up to the individual and client to take that action, you know, that prescription example or analogy I used. The fact remains is, is that the information and the vehicles are there, so there's no excuse for the lack of information. It's now the matter of, on the client side, taking ownership. 
who should be the ones ultimately within an organization taking ownership and of managing and mitigating risk? Who well, I'll give be? you my prejudice. Okay, here's my prejudice. My prejudice uh, uh, when we're dealing with the procurement side of a corporation, we believe the uh, you're, you're always better off if there's uh, the procurement head is looking at this information. It's so critical. Uh, so we, uh, if we were to choose, uh, we would choose that it goes there because it's very sophisticated information and it has huge lead time. And why give that lead time up, that monitoring ability uh, to uh, to um, get it offloaded to another part of the company where, in fact, you might lose some of that time function? Because it takes time, as you suggested, to get other suppliers. I mean, we're going to list you know every other supplier or competitor in that company and we're going to do all the financial analysis in real time and all these other uh, opportunities open and so you need lead time to do it so for me it's a question of lead time and it's also a question where the procurement person knows that very special information about one of its suppliers that somebody else in the corporation is not going to be knowledgeable of. In other words, it may be a re- look, there's financial risk. Somebody on the other side of the corporation might say, well, therefore, we need to get another supplier, where somebody in purchasing who understands that supplier really well might say, listen, I see that. I want to have a dialogue with my supplier now and see if there's some kind of uh, mitigation or some way that we can get a workaround um, because I have knowledge of this supplier uh, and I know their, uh, their their uniqueness. And so it's important always to have um, a connectivity uh, between the ultimate decision and the people most impacted by it as a general proposition. Now, I'm saying that and probably um, a great deal of the credit managers who are uh, part of our service are probably, I'm going to get letters and emails from everybody saying, shut your face up. Uh, because, you know, and that's a function that some guys often load onto the credit department. And I think it's a good deal there too, except the credit guys are going to do the financial analysis. not going to know the intimacy of what's going on at procurement. Uh, so the I'm kind of giving element you... element of it. I mean, that's really yeah, what you're which saying. I, the... Yes, I think that's another factor that why give it up when you've paid so much time, money, and energy and perspective? Why would you you know, uh, offload that uh, to somebody who can't possibly have that part of the equation as well as you do. And since our system is so easy to use, uh, uh, most procurement guys, when they take a look at it, are very comfortable with how we present uh, and how we show them what is the correct decision. And we, it, we, we, we take that part of it out for them. And therefore, they can spend a, a reasonably good amount of time on the other functionality also, which is just critical to the function that they're doing. Um, uh, again, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble on the, you know, it's part of the problem. But let's, let's, both sides let's, let's, sum it, let, <laughs> let's sum it up by saying. It Thanks, John. Thanks for that question. That was roads, real helpful for me. <laughs> <laughs> all roads uh, in risk management go through procurement. So procurement listeners take ownership. Grab the bull by the horns. It starts and finishes. You're so eloquently prepared for that, John. I think it's uh, for for supplier risk. Who is better in the company? That's true. That's true. Well, Jerry, uh, I just want to thank you for joining us today and and, uh, to kick off this, the Risking It All series. Uh, uh, Very informative. uh, Yeah, yeah. I'd love to uh, do another one of these. Yep, yep. 
We'll have to we'll have to do a panel discussion. Uh, but uh, for everyone, listener, we'll have the credit risk monitor uh, website <laughs> link up on the uh, show page. And uh, Jerry, just thank you for your insights today. It's been a, a real pleasure. pleasure talking with. You. Good talking and of course, to you, John. To you, Thanks again. Thank you. And of course, to you, our listeners. Thank you for investing what is your most important asset, or at least one of them, your time. Again, I want to remind you that this broadcast will be available on an on-demand basis. And also remind you that our next guest in the Risking It All series will be none other than Chris Sawchuk, who will be talking about the Hackett Group paper. So be sure to join us then. Stay tuned. And until we come at you over these virtual airways again, as always, I remain your host, John Hansen. Bye for now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.